a lot of people, even the ones who are working currently and are seemingly fine, you know, kind of like floating along in their corporate job, they're curious about what their life could be like as a solopreneur or as an entrepreneur, having a bit more of that flexibility that I think everyone has had a taste of, you know, the past year and a half. So yeah, entrepreneurship is really on the rise and all those things we talked about earlier with like, you know, marketing yourself are just some of those really valuable insights that they're looking to hear. Welcome to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired, and get motivated by their stories so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And now your hosts, Robert Eriartboard and Stephanie O'Dell. Welcome everyone to another edition of Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast. I'm Robert Eriartboard, one of the co-founders, along with Jackie Holiday. And today we have one of our co-contributors to the podcast, Stephanie O'Dell, where she has her own company called Celebrate the Gray, where she's redefining the face of aging for women. And today we have a very interesting podcast with Charlotte Jap of Circle, where she pairs younger and older people together to you know, find their career paths and work off each other's experiences. Why don't you tell us a little bit more of Circle and how Charlotte started this? Sure. Um, so Charlotte Jap, I was introduced to her by some people that I work with in the 50 plus demographic. And they kept saying, oh, you should meet Charlotte Jap. She started this company called Circle. It's an intergenerational community. And I was like, well, what's it about? And it's this two-way mentorship and support in career, in the career space. So I thought it was a really interesting concept to present to Brand 50 listeners, because I think sometimes we get so entrenched in our worlds and like-minded age people. And we get this, we lose this opportunity to work with younger people in the in the in our careers and this pairs so it's a uh, membership based community and it pairs older and younger people together and it's so it's this two-way mentorship and support system and really interesting concept i think it's also this education for younger people to understand older people their experience their wisdom learn from them and then on the flip side for older people to understand the younger person's perspective in the workplace and also learn from them as far as technology and some cutting edge things that older people may not know about. So it's this really beautiful opportunity for both people to learn from each other. Yeah, I like the way she started this company too. She mentioned that she saw her parents getting basically pushed out of the workforce and that motivated her to, you know, do something about it. Yeah, and she really wanted to lean on their wisdom and experience and felt like that was something that was missing in her workplace that she didn't have that resource and so what a great resource to offer to younger employees that didn't have that opportunity to have older people in their lives to figure out how to negotiate your salary how to negotiate a contract you know skills that aren't taught necessarily but come from years of being in a career mm-hmm. And not only did you interview her, you actually uh, joined Circle, right? So tell us about that experience. You've been doing it for what, two, three months now? Um, a couple months, maybe just a month. But yeah, I, I joined because I also see the positive 
intergenerational opportunities. I mean, for the work I do, it's really about rewriting the age models that are used in advertising. So younger decision makers have a certain perspective of what age looks like. And without meeting older people and hearing from them and what they're doing and how they're doing it, they base their age definitions on outdated age models. So I'm really a strong proponent of intergenerational learning. And I um, also think that as we age, it's super important to have younger people in our lives because as I look at my older people in my family, in my life, one of the common things I hear is all my friends are, it's, I, it sounds morbid and terrible, but all my friends are dying. My mom's 90 and my dad's 89. All my friends are dying. So having younger people in your life that kind of keep you on your toes and like educate you about what's happening. It's a great resource. So I have had a couple meetings now that have been really interesting. I um, met with a gal that's just finished her master's at um, Oxford. And she's, so we were talking about, you know, reaching out to people and how do you build that community and connections. So yeah, I've, it's been really interesting. And it was something I, I thought the Brand 50 listener could really benefit from learning about. So. I, I hope that you enjoy listening to the podcast and check out Circle. It's C-I-R-K-E-L. And you can kind of test it out and see what you think. So enjoy. Welcome to Brand 50, Redefining Your Life in Midlife. I'm here with Charlotte Jap today of Circle. And I am Stephanie O'Dell with Celebrate the Gray. And I'm really excited to bring... Charlotte's story and her business to the midlife listeners. Charlotte is definitely not in midlife yet, but she has in the demographic and really created a brand and a community that supports intergenerational mentorship and growth and really learning from each other. I think I want you to describe the brand and the community but Charlotte and I had a chance to meet a couple of months ago. And I think it's a valuable, every friend that I have, I've been saying, you got to check out Circle because I think this is a really good community and platform for us as we age to keep engaged with younger people and, and especially um, people in careers. So welcome. Glad to have you here today. Thanks, Stephanie. So glad to be here. So how did Circle come about? I know your story, but tell our listeners a little bit about the aha moment and why you created Circle and what Circle is. Um, so Circle was born out of an experience that I had growing up and watching both of my parents get aged out of the workforce at pretty much 50 years old or maybe even younger for my mom. And I wasn't really sure if it was a, a me problem, like a, our family problem, uh, but it turns out it's a millions of Americans problem. And I guess I felt there was this crazy disparity and irony between their experience and then my experience going to work after college uh, at a company where the average age is 28. So it was very clear to me that I was at you know a hot young company that a lot of people wanted to work at, but that people over a certain age weren't really granted you know, the same access and ability to work there, even if they wanted to, and they had the credentials to do so. And so I, you know, I saw my parents transition from corporate life into starting their own businesses, which is a big trend that we're mm -hmm. seeing with people over 50. And they were learning a lot of new things. You know, they were building from the ground up and they had to be not just 
you know, the person doing the role they were doing, they had to be the, the owner of the business and promote it, the marketing team and, yep. uh, you know, finance, finance person <laughs> when you hate numbers, it's like, yeah. I know the story. Exactly. So I had a lot of the knowledge that they needed to figure out, especially when it came to some of that newer stuff around social platforms and kind of industry trends that I was seeing from the ground level. And then I was learning a lot from them too. And they were giving me a lot of guidance on my, you know, entry into office life and dealing with colleagues and asking for a raise and all these things that you just don't learn until you're there. And so the two-way mentorship really sparked the idea for something bigger, which is now Circle. And so Circle connects older and younger professionals for two-way mentoring. I have a tr- I have trouble with the word mentoring because I feel like, as you mentioned, it's so much more than that. It's, yeah. And it's not this traditional version of this older, wiser person and a young ingenue. It's two people with complementary backgrounds, experiences, skill sets, getting a chance to exchange all those things. And so every month we match our members to a new person who's from a different age group, but we think that they each have something to offer the other. And so you've recently joined and you've met some people that, you know, hopefully those connections lead to working together on a collaboration, maybe hiring each other. And, you know, like that's kind of the, the biggest, most extreme version, or it could just be as simple as like a great conversation that you, you know, check in with that person when something pops up that's relevant to them, you know, later on. Well, I think what's so powerful about it, because we're told in our 50s and beyond that, you know, the the most, the easiest thing for us to do is start our own business and, and kind of do our own thing because we can't find work within industry that we might've been in, or we may be wanting to pivot and change industries. So part of the work I feel like you're doing is talking about how do you make yourself more marketable, right? By pairing yourself with a younger person and and learning the tech and learning the trends and and the, even the language of how to communicate with people now is important because a lot of people want to stay in the workforce and how do you kind of build up your resume and be more relevant in today's workforce yeah i think to that point we were making a joke about you know the finance department and the marketing department even if you don't have a business you basically need to be your own marketing department Um, like you mentioned, resumes and LinkedIn. And even if you do manage to work in a more traditional company that might be more welcoming of older workers, you still need to prove that you're relevant and that you add value and keeping up your online presence on LinkedIn and, you know, keeping an ear to the ground on what's happening across the industries. And all of that is still valuable and getting the perspective from someone on the ground floor is super important. But obviously, so many people are starting their own businesses. And I think that'll become even a multi-generational trend as we move into life, you know, post-pandemic, then, you know, everyone needs to promote something, you know, their services on offer as a consultant or like, you know, their full-on business if, if that's what they choose to do. But I think the intergenerational part, I see so many women that are in their 50s and beyond starting businesses and super excited, but they need that tech help or they need that social media help and they've hired younger people. So there's this intergenerational team within their businesses. You see that as a trend? Yes, definitely. We were lucky to be featured recently in the Washington Post and they zeroed in on one of our members who has a small business and she described her a relationship to Circle is almost like a database of consultants, like younger consultants that she's 
constantly being introduced to each month. And that that is invaluable to her getting a, a more well-rounded sense of the business that she's in. Like you said, communication and just getting that other perspective on the industry. And sometimes, you know, just one conversation goes a long way, but having access to that conversation is the tricky part, you know, in this age segregated world we live in. Right. Well, I think also a younger person looking at experience and valuing that gives power back to the person that may think they're not relevant. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's nice to be reminded and we do it both ways. Like in every onboarding that we give, there's usually a moment where I have to emphasize, you know, whether you're going to be on the older side of the spectrum or the younger side of the spectrum, everyone has insecurities. Mm -hmm. No one, I mean, it's very rare that I find someone who's like, I only have things to offer and nothing to learn. Most people really undervalue their experience. And obviously for the younger members, maybe a few years out of college, I need to give a little extra emphasis, you know, that they have fewer years of experience, but they do have some skills that are really desired by the older members that they'll be meeting and not to downplay it, you know, to be very generous, just like a traditional mentor would be like, you know, I'm an open book. I can teach you whatever you need to hear. Like younger people, we always say, ask how you can be helpful. And even just putting that out there changes the dynamic of the conversation to be more even planed. So when I was in my 20s and 30s and even early 40s, I found women very competitive. Um, And I don't know, I, I mean, I think you're turning that upside down and being collaborative and teaching younger generations about collaboration. But I also feel like maybe that's a generational thing that's gone away. What do you think? I definitely still see it. I know it's such a shame, but I definitely, you know, like from the conversation that I had with women decades older than me, definitely sounds like it was worse, especially when that idea of thinning out at the top or only Mm -hmm. room for a few of us at the top was probably more real, you know, in the past. And now, um, you know, there's room for everyone and like, you know, we're better all together. And, and there's definitely a shift in the narrative, but I think you could look at the intergenerational piece as a good way to make things uncompetitive because it's kind of, I mean, I guess it depends on you look at it. I tend to be an optimist, but if you're talking to someone who's maybe in a similar field, but, you know, through circle, it's very unlikely that they're, you're, you're fighting with them for a certain job or like, you know, this kind of zero sum thing. It's just, you're so different in, in your life moment and your probably work status. Like it's very hard and rare that we see people competing. Yeah. Well, I think you also do a good job of onboarding. Talk a little bit about that process. I was fortunate to be able to go through the onboarding with you. And I think the questions are really interesting and it makes you think beyond what your normal resume may be. Yeah. So everyone who joins Circle uh, does so through our website. There's an online application, you know, it's maybe 11 questions. Uh, It just gives us like a little taste of who you are, your professional background, some skills that you've acquired, skills that you're looking to learn. And then, you know, a little bit of like detail on your superpower. But the reality is when we're making these matches, we want as much nuanced detail as possible. And also we're a really different service. So sometimes people join not really fully understanding what they're about to receive. And so the onboarding uh, is something we introduced right at the beginning of the pandemic when we realized 
that it was going to be a, a big difference in how people engaged with Circle. And, you know, to that education piece, understanding, you know, you get a new match every month. You know, we recommend an hour long meeting with that person once in the month minimum, like all these little things. And we also have a, a, commi- a member commitment pledge, which is kind of code of conduct for being respectful in basic terms. And so it's always nice to kind of iterate that face to face so that it's not like a punishable thing. It's just like, look, we're all just trying to have a good experience here. And that's rooted in, you know, polite uh, conversation and showing up for your meetings on time. But the other point that you mentioned was, you know, the bulk of the meeting is us getting to ask more questions to the incoming member. And some of the questions that we get into are like, you know, tell us about the very beginning of your career and what were the little seeds that were planted then that might be coming to fruition now or that kind of color what you wanted to do in later years kind of gives us an understanding of the motivations. You know, what is someone really going after and why? And then, you know, fun questions about like your free time, because that can be a great connection point Mm -hmm. between you and the person you're meeting, even if it seems like you're so different, you know, there's always a really important thread that needs to be connected, you know, and lots of other questions about your goals and the challenges in your way, but you know, you have to see for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about the process. If somebody's interested, they sign up online and then they just walk us through that because I want listeners to figure out how easy it is to be a member and and how you monetize, how it's monetized? Yeah. So anyone can be a member. We do look for people at least maybe a year or two out of college. We'd like for everyone to have some professional experience uh, when they come into the experience. Um, You sign up online, circle.co, C-I-R-K-E-L.co. There's a button for get started. And that's where you'll find that initial little questionnaire. Once you submit it, it'll bring you to a page that lays out a couple membership plans. So you could pay for, you know, the most flexibility is a a monthly, which is $55 a month. But if you want the best value and discount, you know, an annual is 330 a year, which is like 50% off. But as soon as you submit your payment, that's where the onboarding begins. You'll be matched with one of our team members and you'll do a 30 minute call, just like we're doing now on Zoom where you know we tell you more about the experience, what to expect, how to get the most out of Circle. But then we go into those really important questions that help us match you with relevant people. And after that's done, you get access to these members-only events that we host every month. And they're super fun. We had one yesterday with a, a smaller group and it was so powerful. One of the members who showed up for it cried. We really got deep. Oh, wow. We were talking about Um, you know, struggles of ageism in the workforce and how we can actually like help each other and some advice. It was very like links were shared. It was really powerful. And it's a great way to meet people actually of the same age, you know, who you wouldn't be matched with in a one-to-one, but who are in the community. And then on the first of the month, just, you know, we're in the middle of the month of September right now, on the first of October, you would get your first match in your email inbox. And it lays out a bio that we actually write for you based on the onboarding interview. It makes you look really amazing. I know. I was like, I got my bio and I went, Ooh, I might use this. This is so good. And you should. And a lot of people want to use it because it's like, we are so self-deprecating people, you know, as humans, especially women. Yeah. Yeah. Women. So having that is a really nice little perk to the onboarding process. And then 
Um, you meet your, your introduction. We give you suggested dates and times to meet. Ideally, it's very quick back and forth. And then you set up your, your meeting. And like I said, you know, we recommend an hour meeting. So you can do 30 minutes for person A to share their insights with person B and vice versa. And then you'll get a new intro the next month. But the beauty is that you're diversifying your network and you're constantly meeting people you wouldn't cross paths with normally. And, uh, and then you're having those other you know, assets like the members-only events. But it's kind of this, this uh, cycle every month to just help you meet as many relevant people as possible. Well, and I think too, I know the work I do talking to older people, one of the downsides is all their friends are the same age. So they're getting the same messaging and they're also aging differently because they don't have younger interaction and how powerful that can be to more positive aging. Yeah, I, I like to quote, I actually can't quote it directly, but Meg Jay, the psychologist wrote this book about uh, your 20s called The Defining Decade. It's really just a good book on like thinking about your life and your career and the goals that you want to get done. But there was a really interesting point where she talks about your inner circle versus your outer circle or your close ties versus your weak ties. And what's what you just said, like a lot of times we're surrounded by people who are really similar to us in Mm -hmm. our inner circle. You know, these are like college friends or maybe your kids' parents or you know, just people that like flow into the same life patterns that you do. And you really miss out on experience and perspective of other people. You know, I think after George Floyd, it was a big wake up call to everyone. Like, you know, we don't see a lot of people with different experiences in our everyday lives. And I think age is, is part of that diversity conversation too. Right. And I think the importance of valuing younger people's opinions I had that whole experience with the George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter with my younger, with my 20-year-old, 21 and 24-year-old that, you know, from from your perspective and life experience, from theirs, they have a certain opinion and it needs to be represent or respected. It may be different than mine, but the ability, and especially to, in today's society and times, the ability to sit and listen to each other and see the value and respect that is so powerful for both sides. Definitely. I even find that some of our circle members tend to actually be like pretty successful in their jobs, maybe high ranking at a company, but they do feel very disconnected to younger populations. Um, even when it comes down to practical things like how do I be a boss to a Gen Z or a millennial? How do I understand like what they want out of life so I can better shift like our team to, to really work for them and like inspire them to work their best, which I think is kind of like overlooked. That's a huge asset um, in life to be able to understand people, like you said, like from another generation who have a coming of age with different politics and current events and all these generational shifts that are like just as valid. You just need to, like you said, listen and, and kind of slow down to give them the floor. Do you think there's one side of the equation and circle that benefits more the younger or the older? Have you seen any or any really success stories that you can share? Yeah. So to the first question, I don't think any one side benefits more, but I will say, I think we as a company are more focused on supporting the over fifties and maybe even the over forties, because I think their challenges are tougher than our younger members who 
are deemed, you know, more attractive as candidates for jobs and things like that. And so I actually think they get a ton out of it. These younger members, like, again, they're hungry to meet older professionals, especially as they work in these predominantly young offices, these small companies or startups, you know, that don't have access to that wisdom in the room. Um, But I do think that issues facing older professionals are so much worse that sort of feels like they need that extra emphasis. In terms of case studies, yeah, I mean, it's been really cool during the pandemic to see people who met maybe early on, you know, like 2020, and they got vaccinated and felt comfortable meeting in person. And so I've been getting some photos of the meetups, and it's so cool to like see that moment of people coming together after talking on Zooms and stuff. I know one pair was a woman who runs a textile and fabric company for home interiors. And she was introduced to this young woman who is in the film industry. She actually works on sets uh, within the costume departments of a lot of important TV shows like uh, Insecure on HBO is one of them. And she wanted, so this younger woman wanted to meet Um, I think she wanted to meet someone who had pivoted in life, you know, had started in one career and gone into another. The older entrepreneur wanted to meet kind of young creatives who might have a better sense of, you know, marketing online as a D2C business. So they met, I think, on on a call, on a Zoom call. and They really had a good time. And, you know, it was like this really cool bonding around like fabrics and textiles, you know, even though one was coming from home decor and one is coming from the fashion closet, essentially. And then they met up in person, you know, that they happened to be kind of close by and the younger woman came to the entrepreneur's office to see the textiles in person. And they took this really adorable photo that we posted on Instagram. And it was, you know, it was cool. It was like, so real, like this is um, the real exchange and then being able to show you know, the work in person was really cool. I kind of missed that during the pandemic, but so many stories. I mean, I could go on just incredible exchanging of like skill sets and helping each other out and really filling in the gaps for each other. Well, I think it's gotta be powerful for younger people too, to see an older person's journey of how, you know, pivoting, pivoting. A lot of people have stayed in their jobs for a long time and the fear of leaving that job. I mean, each person's different, but I know for myself is I've done many, many pivots, but it's like this puzzle, a piece is going together. So it gives, I think it probably would give a younger person a little bit of freedom to say, or, or take some of the concern away of I'm not doing what I want to be doing right now and, yeah. and how valuable all the little things you do start to add up. Definitely. I think it's really liberating when you meet someone who has had a true portfolio career of all these different things. And I can't tell you how many people in their late twenties feel that they have to continue in the job that they have just because it's where they started. They're worried about all this time that they invested into. Right. It's wasted time. Yeah. Sorry. There's some loud construction outside. Can you hear it? That's okay. I heard a little bit, but no worries. Okay. But basically, yeah, they're really, they're really reassured by someone who's made like seven pivots. Yeah. And is climbing, you know, and being more successful in every one because of that previous experience and not starting from ground zero every time. Right. And I think it, it's really um, comforting to hear that. And is there, during the pandemic, it sounds like the pivot was probably positive for Circle for connections. Because yeah. probably, was it hard for people to connect? I know you're based out in New York, so 
mm-hmm. were majority of members in New York in the beginning? Yeah, in the beginning, the very beginning, uh, we were just in New York and it was in-person meetups. You know, I do miss that. That was like, you know, getting a drink or getting a coffee. And then when the pandemic hit, I think it was a welcome forced pivot because we had been thinking about how are we going to like expand? Like obviously New York has a ton of people, but we also know there are people in other regions that want access to this connection. And I had people actually reach out from more rural areas who were like, you know, cities already have a lot of community centers and places to meet people. I'm really hungry for meeting people and I'm in, you know, rural Colorado. So those were all these thoughts that I kind of was like, okay, good. So now we have an opportunity to open this up and we even have members outside of the U S and other countries. Well, I think I'm meeting with somebody that's in London. So um, yeah. I have a call next week, but I think too, that the move out of the cities and people are not in the cities anymore, right? There's so many people that are now not working in an office space and working from home that I would think that circle could really grow even bigger because of that situation. Yeah. I would love to work with companies. You know, we don't know the limits of remote work, but either way, people are feeling a bit lonely in their career lives, like even their career lifestyle. So I think it's a great way to fill in the water cooler that we're sort of missing. And even when you do work in a multi-generational office, it doesn't always feel like there are easy pathways to some of these older or younger people that you work with. There's so much, you know, self-doubt and insecurity. And how do I ask them to give me some of their time? Like all of that. And we make it so much more of like a warm, welcoming intro that it takes all that friction out. So yeah, if anyone works, you know, at a company where you would like to help your employees meet people across generations, either internally or externally, let me know. I know. I was just thinking, have you started that arm of the business of going in and consulting at bigger companies and building like even ideas of how to do that? Like, I don't want to say games, but activities that would allow people to come together because I think sometimes we do put a perception on somebody based on their age and don't even give them that time to bond or form a relationship. Yeah. I'm actually speaking with um, the multi-generational employee group at Humana on Monday, virtually. We do have some relationships with companies. We're doing some consulting for a nonprofit in the kind of autism space. Mm -hmm. And they're doing a different type of two-way mentoring program, but they want to learn as much as they can about how we made it successful. So we see those kinds of relationships evolving and eventually, you know, white labeling our service for other businesses, you know, to connect either the community or their employees or other groups that are disparate in age, but need to be brought together. Yeah. Or even city. Oh my God. If you could do city work, you know, going Mm. into communities and doing, I mean, we have these intergenerational, not even intergenerational, it's more senior centers, but you know, these communities in the Netherlands that have a uh, daycare in the nursing homes. Have you heard about these? That, mm. that I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. But just this building a, a comfortable environment to have that intergenerational opportunity to come together. There's lots of opportunity for you guys. I think you're doing such amazing work. And are you pretty balanced with older and younger within Circle? Or do you have more of one? 
Yeah. So in terms of our our breakdown of members, we have 30% of our members who are millennials, 30% who are Gen X, and 30% who are boomers, which actually mirrors the breakdown of the workforce. So those are the three biggest groups. And then obviously we're seeing a growth of Gen Z uh, representation as they, you know, they come to work as well. And are you finding the majority of the baby boomers are people that want to stay in the workforce or there are people that have started their own, they're pivoting and starting their own careers or businesses? I'd say the latter. That's a huge, huge trend. A lot of people, even the ones who are working currently and are seemingly fine, you know, kind of like putting along in their corporate job, they're curious about what their life could be like as a solopreneur or as an entrepreneur, um, having a bit more of that flexibility that I think everyone has had a taste of, you know, the past year and a half. So yeah, entrepreneurship is really on the rise and all those things we talked about earlier with like, you know, marketing yourself are just some of those really valuable insights that they're looking to hear. And what kind of advice, so say somebody wants to stay in the workforce. I mean, what are you hearing from the interactions and the feedback and advice that you might give somebody that's a baby boomer that wants to stay in the workforce? Yeah. So in that case, it could be a matter of getting a different job. Like, you know, maybe you're working somewhere and you're ready to try something new, but you're terrified because maybe where you want to go is a different industry or you don't know anyone in that field or that company. And so meeting someone who might be more on like the ground floor of the industry could actually open up a lot of connections. Um, So that's really helpful. And then what we spoke about before with older corporate employees who are doing well, they just really want more insights into what younger consumers, younger employees are wanting and thinking about. And so it's kind of like a safe space to share some of those deeper experiences where there's no consequence. You know, there's not for example, like an internal mentoring program. Sometimes you have to be careful about what you say, but yeah. when you're meeting someone at a different company, it's kind of some safety there, some neutrality. And what is what are some of the aha moments along the way for you? I mean, when you started this, what was your vision? And is it the same vision that you had when you started it? Good question. I think in the beginning, I was really focused on this very specific type of two-way mentoring and making as many of these connections as possible. And I think my aha moment was when I realized the the actual balance of value that older and younger people have, but that the values are different and that they complement each other, like these puzzle pieces, as Mark Friedman from Encore.org says. And I think what we're learning is, you know, in terms of making those connections happen, the confidence piece is really important that it's not just about making the connection, but it's how are you making the connection? How are you making both people feel welcome, that they add value and that they're a really important part of the community. So it's like the onboarding that we discussed really came to the fore, but on the grand scheme, I think there are so many more ways on top of mentoring to be useful to older professionals. So we launched this um, people for hire board it's just a way for talent of any kind, whether you're looking for a full-time job or you know freelance clients, just to get some visibility. And so we're sort of thinking bigger, like, okay, mentoring is one amazing 
tactic to stay relevant in your career, what are the other things that you need? You need access to employers and you need more, maybe courses. Right, you know, I was like ask if you do any skill, skill courses. Yeah, we want to. We've done some a series called Learn with Circle. That was last year. And I'd love to bring it back. Uh, maybe if we get another teammate, that would be helpful. We can bring that back. But it was yeah. fun. It was always a member of the community teaching something that they're really skilled at with the rest of the community. So yes, all those things, you know, there's so much in, in career development that is untapped for the 50 plus set. So I'd love to be able to offer all those things. And then the younger members of Circle, what are you finding that their biggest needs are? I, I know you, we kind of briefly talked about it. Yeah. So younger members are feeling a little lost, very lost. Uh, like we mentioned, the pivoting, they're really curious about like, what are the possibilities of where their current career could take them if it's not a linear path? What are the pivots that are possible for them? Should they go back to grad school is often mm. like a question. There's also a bit of like the personal side. So I have some members that, you know, maybe are going through a divorce or experiencing some sort of big life transition. And they just want to talk to people who've been there, done that. And so that kind of becomes a nice connection point. Like I mentioned that yeah. helps to foray into like a good connection when you have something in common. And then you also lay out like here are the differences. And yeah, I think it's that, that big picture and the soft skills too. How do I become a better leader or manager? How do I negotiate this, you know, tough deal? All the things that kind of come with experience that older professionals know like the back of their hand, but right. for someone who's new in a position, there's a lot of insecurity about that. Well, I think the most powerful thing I see happening with Circle is this opening up the narrative around aging for the younger generation, like rewriting the age models that they have in their head before they have these interactions. And then that starts to change the workforce because they become decision makers and they see the value of an older worker and think, oh, I met this great person. I should bring them in. They would be a great addition to our team. So it's this small little grassroots rewriting the age models based on these relationships. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Like once you've met someone that defies your stereotype or your stigma of what a 65-year-old is like to work with, then all of a sudden your possibilities are opened up. And that's really powerful if we can start to actually inspire people to hire older and mm -hmm. you know collaborate with people that are well outside of their little bubble of age group. Yeah, that would be amazing. And I'm sure you've started doing that already with these interactions. And are you finding, you know, that I always talk about we're living longer and healthier and, and we're working and we're going to be working longer. Do you find that that is happening within the workforce? You're seeing older, I know you go 70 plus, but. I do. I think I see I'm validated by like, I had a hunch that people over 65, let's say, cause that's retirement age don't want to retire. Like, I think that's been pretty much validated by the past two to three years of connecting people and, and meeting, you know, older professionals. What I'm still struggling with is that I've had a lot of conversations with HR leaders and even the ones that believe in diversity and inclusion, and they know ageism is an issue 
a lot of times they're just not ready to put their money where their mouth is yeah. and actually hire. And to me, that's really shocking. And I think HR, I can't speak for everyone who works in HR, but I, I really want more people to step up and take action and, you know, hire. Like it's just crazy. There are, I think there are only 64% of companies that have a DEI group. And then 8% of those DEI groups have age as a factor. I know age gets dropped off a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that in the work I'm doing. And I find that too with big brands that they are all about age inclusion and they get it and they understand. And for me, I talk about the spending power of the baby boomer and how undervalued and underrepresented. Yep. We get it. We, we want to do a better job, but then when it comes to crossing the finish line and pulling the plug, they don't do it. So to me, the people I, the brands I see are those small brands are doing that. And I think the same is true for with the work you're doing. I see the small brands understanding the power of that intergenerational relationship for growth of their brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, just going back for a second, if there are companies that do have some sort of like mentoring program, it's usually focused on the early career talent and they don't really invest mm. resources in the other side. So it's always this top-down thing, like this hierarchy that does not support, you know, the full workforce. It only supports the early career talent. Right. And I think it almost takes value away from the younger worker because they're being told and being mentored versus placing value upon their experience or their knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause like, if you say to someone, Oh, older workers have so much, you know, valuable industry knowledge. And where does it go when they leave, when you push them out at 65 or 60? And it's like, yeah, it's a real shame. Like there should be a way to connect them with their younger colleagues. And it's like, there are ways to do that. (laughs) You know, just, you got to make the move, make it happen. And what about the retired force? Do you see engaging them? Yeah, I feel like fewer and fewer people actually consider themselves 100% retired. And even, and there's so many versions of that. It's like, I'm retired and maybe I don't need the income, but I do need to stay engaged and feel like I'm contributing to a bigger cause and have purpose. But actually, in most cases, it's like, maybe I'm on the brink of retirement, but I still need income. And so if we're living into 90s and 100s, we need to fund the longevity that we're granted. So what's the point of living longer if you can't afford it? Right. So that's a big, that's a big thing. And there's so much out there about like, you know, the villages in Florida, like not really catering to the needs of the modern ager and things like that. Well, too, the other thing that, and I always focus on women, but we get fed this limitations based on our age. So when you're, and you put in this box, so to have a younger person, see you in a different light because your peers see you in a certain light. You're retired. You should, you know, travel and go to the movies and read books, but you know, you want to start a business, but you don't have that support team of people to say, go for it. Yeah. You could do that. Like a younger person may give you that support that you need. Yeah, definitely. I think some of these connections that we've made turn into lifelong friendships where it's just again, that person outside of your peer group to give you that fresh perspective and maybe a dose of optimism and naivete, you know, like, why not (laughs) go for it? (laughs) I think that's so important because we do kind of get down burdened with the 
age messaging that we're served. So to have a young person say, yeah, go for it. Why not? It's like, that's all you need. Like, that's just that little kick. It's like, yeah, why, why can't I do it? Like, who's mm-hmm. telling me I can't do it? This person says I can do it. I'm going to do it. So. Yeah. Why not me? You know, yeah. it's always a question you should ask yourself. Exactly. Well, any, what's next for circle and what's on the, um, anything big happening next? We're doing a lot of thinking about ways to expand what we're offering. Again, like we, you know, those relationships with companies where there are built-in communities just waiting to be connected. You know, maybe it's a multi-generational workforce um, at an office. We're really passionate about bringing this to as many people as possible. And so that's both scaling through partnerships with companies, but it's also about scaling up the experience and making it ever better, you know, making it more seamless, more fun, introducing, you know, new features. Like I mentioned, the people for hire board, I'm really excited about that. So if you're listening and you, you know, you want to see how to get more access to potential clients, list yourself at circle.co slash people dash four dash hire. Well, the first thing, let's talk about how to find the circle.co is how they find you. And other, you're on Instagram. Are you on Facebook too? Uh, we're on Facebook, not that active. Okay. I'll say more Instagram is more fun for us. CIR.KEL is our Instagram handle. And we're also really into LinkedIn since you know okay. we're in the professional space. So check out our LinkedIn page. Should be pretty easy to find. Yeah. Well, it's been so great to talk to you, Charlotte Jap of Circle. And again, you can find Circle, C-I-R-K-E-L on Instagram, LinkedIn, or circle.co online. And I really encourage you to check it out. If you're in midlife and you're starting about thinking about starting a different business or wanting to return to the workforce or pivot in the workforce or move up in the workforce, I think intergenerational opportunities and relationships can really give you that edge to set you apart from other people. So I really appreciate your time today and any closing thoughts about what's next for you personally? Are you have any plans or? Mm. Well, I just moved into a new apartment. So I'm continuing to make it feel homey and a good place to work, you know, as we're all working from home, would love to take a vacation at some point. (laughs) I feel like I'm overdue, (laughs) you know, a lot of us are burnt out. So I think I am due for some, the me time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I applaud the work you're doing and I really wanted to share Circle and the story because I think it's a great platform and community for the baby boomer, the 50 plus individual to find and get connected and learn what's what's happening in the world that you may not be exposed to. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com, where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, along with other platforms, and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site to get the latest podcast updates. We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us, and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening.